How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mike Bouchard, host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is a, a new episode seven. Uh, we're going to take the other episode seven, and it's going to be updated a little bit. This episode seven is uh, <clears throat> called, is entitled the Amber June Lazenby Autopsy Report. It has to do with a uh, 24-year-old female found deceased in a motor vehicle. <clears throat> Local law enforcement determined that the cause of death was a drug overdose. Medical examiner <clears throat> reported the cause of death as an overdose, myself and uh, another friend of mine who's a uh, an archaeologist, um, and its and at its medical reports, uh, Roger Moeller looked at the autopsy report, and what we saw was something totally different. So the rest of this episode uh, is going to be a clip that I did on December 6th of 2020 uh, on the uh, Killer Chronicles uh, episode 5 This is Terry Sutton from SavageWatch.com's Killer Chronicles with Michael Bouchard and uh, Leanne Lazenby I, I hope I pronounced that correctly It's Lazenby but I'm Lazenby. Mosley Okay, Leanne Mosley okay. There We're you not, go we're not exactly, uh, you know, scripted over here. We're kind of off the cuff here, and uh, okay. why some people like us here because we're you know, we kind of like it is. And, uh, well, guess we're here to talk about Amber Lazenby, your niece. Correct. You'd actually contacted me, sent me an email about this, uh, about her, her death, saying that you believe that it was a, uh, a homicide. And that uh, you, you gave me an autopsy report where it said it was an undetermined death there. And I contacted Michael Bouchard, who's a true crime author, on this video with us, who is also a police officer. And he also has a friend of his that is an archaeologist that looked at the autopsy. So they basically came out with their own you know, conclusions, I guess you could say there. But before I get to Mike, and hopefully Roger will chime in here as well, I want to ask you a couple questions about your niece. Um, First off, what was she like as a person? She was fun-loving. She was very caring. Um, she just would help anybody. Now, I know that you had told me that uh, she obviously had some issues with uh, addiction. Correct. She had been. She was doing some prostitution. If I'm correct. Yes. And um, she was a victim. You, you would tell me that you believe that she was a victim of abuse earlier in her life, and as well as she was abandoned. Yes. Could you tell us a little, a little bit about that? Her biological mother had left her and her sister. Uh, her sister Sierra was about six months year old, and Amber was about six years old. Her mother did um, speed a lot. Um, she had met somebody on the internet and just up and took off wow. and left my brother to raise them 
My brother was prescribed um, uh, pills and he would crush them up and he would snort them. And um, he would take, you know, speeders and she would do the same. So she picked up the, she picked up the uh, behavior. Yes. Did Amber have any contact with her biological mother um, the last couple years of her life or has it been, was it sporadic? Nope. No contact whatsoever? Nope. She had nothing to say to her mother. She didn't care one thing about her mother. Her okay. mother did not even come into the picture until um, somebody had contacted her and told her that she was deceased. And she thought it was a joke. And she thought it was a That's pretty sad. Unfortunately, I guess, um, you know, Mike, you probably come across that quite a bit in your dealings as a police officer. Uh, Leanne, you also told me that um, she, you believe she may have been sexually abused, which obviously is a huge impact and will cause somebody to either go into addiction or make their addiction worse while they try to deal with those traumas. Correct. I am the fifth of six children. Um, Amber's father is the sixth of the six children. Um, the five of us kept our children away from my dad. Now my dad would watch Amber and he would also watch Sierra along with his new wife. I believe he molested Amber. Now Sierra swears up and down while they both have swore that he never touched them. But um, if he did touch, if my dad did touch Amber, she went to her grave with that secret. Okay. Sierra, her sister, who will be 19 in uh, next month, she, he swear, she swears that my dad never touched her. But yes, but your your dad had a history of doing things like that. He 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 molested all three of my sisters and myself, and also my brother. Well. So obviously, if you if um, Amber and her sister were in the care of this individual, there's a very likely possibility that this could have happened. Yes. Okay. Mike, you would agree with that sentiment? Well, Being a police I officer. Mean, I mean that that's common uh, with substance abuse and all that type of stuff. It's not it's not an uncommon factor in it. Um, you know, and what what I my understanding of her, you know, as a as a teenager and with her father, uh, and the narcotics and stuff like that. I mean, I, I can see, you know, how she got into the life that she was in. Um, and, and it's un, unfortunately at 24 passing away from. Well, you know, the autopsy report put it as uh, undetermined. However, I have a problem with that because, like I said, I looked at it, and, uh, you know, I work in a large inner city, so overdoses and, and people, you know, dying from uh, drug addiction, you know, is an everyday occurrence for, for me. So I'm familiar with some of the patterns with that. Um, but there were this distinctive factors in the autopsy report itself that leads one away from believing that it wasn't a homicide. Now, Roger Moeller, who 
is a friend of mine for has been a friend of mine for a long time. Also, edits uh, medical journals, and and he's he's familiar with uh, you know autopsies and reports and stuff like that. So we both looked at it independently before we even talked about. It. I wrote some notes down. He wrote some notes down, and our conclusions were almost identical. You know, um, one of the report was exceptionally short. It, sh it shouldn't be that short. Um, it didn't specifically identify the cause of death, which it should have, but it didn't. Uh, it seemed to factor out the lacerations of the forehead. Uh, the the C-spine um, injury and the term that they used strangulation or asphyxiation. Uh, so if there was that type of laceration to the head, it would have bled profusely. But now, how that, did it say how bad that cut was on her head? Uh, there was a measurement in it, and it was probably a couple inches or larger. However, that type of injury to the forehead, because there's so many vessels up there, it, it bleeds like you, you drain a sponge. Okay, but that's... The medical examiner put no notif notification of any type of blood being in the vehicle, which brought us both to the conclusion that, okay, if that's that injury occurred and the wound was a fresh wound, it wasn't, it wasn't old, it wasn't healing, that it, the, the injury would have been outside of the vehicle. Um, then you go to the asphyxiation, okay? When most people pass away from a drug addiction, the body automatically attempts to, um, you know, get rid of the poison or toxic chemicals in the body, so they, they puke, vomit. Okay. No note of any vomit in her esophagus, okay? So... That leads us to strangulation. Now the C-spine is low, it's down here. Right, okay. where, right where a set of hands would go. The problem is the medical examiner didn't provide any photos of whether it was a vertical break or a twist. But if you put those three factors together, it was more than likely she was struck in the forehead. The strangulation probably somebody grabbed her around around the neck, and that's that's probably what occurred, because that's the only way you're going to snap. That that bone is way down here. I mean, to snap that, you know, you, you have to have some force. So that wasn't from a person just falling. If a person just fell, you wouldn't get that high of a neck injury, you know. Um, there were a lot of things missing in the report. Plus, <clears throat> Roger noted that there was a lot of misspelling of medical terminology in the report. So we're wondering if the medical examiner actually wrote that report or if it was somebody working for him that may have written it. Um, we don't have an initial police report to tell us, you know, what the crime scene looked like. Doesn't, you know, give us any information about people that may have been in the area. So based on what we have, just from the autopsy report, now they make a big deal about this, this, uh, this uh, front seat being pushed over her. However, the position her body was in 
where the seat made contact, there were no bruises, no bruises. So that had nothing to do with with the uh, as as part of an injury. So the most explainable conclusion at this point was that the the assault, because that's what it was, and I don't see how why they, that wasn't put in the, the report. I mean, that just you know that doesn't make sense to us. Was that he was injured outside the car? Probably passed away outside the car because if she was in the car and she her heart was still pumping, the blood would have still kept coming out. But there's okay. no, there's no indication that there was blood anywhere in the car. So that means that she was deceased before she got into the car. If she was deceased for, let's say, under an hour, her body would still be flexible. So it could have gotten to that position. And then the medical examiner says that the, the uh, lividity or the rigor mortis fits the position she was in. Well, it would have, it would have had to because if, if she hadn't you know, had rigor mortis before she went out of the car, it would have normally taken over after she got in the car. I think the seat was just put over her to hide the body, to be honest with you. <clears throat> we know the car wasn't a functioning car. It was used for narcotics and prostitution. And maybe in this case, it was just used to hide somebody, you know? But now, did she have anybody that didn't like her? She, anybody she owed money to? Do we know any of this? I want to say she probably owed somebody the money. Okay. Probably one of the dealers. Because, I, I mean, like I said, to get hit, hit upside the, you know, hit in the forehead and then strangle, that's personal. <clears throat> when, when you get a... I mean, if you hit somebody in the head, that's one thing. But if you strangle a person, that's personal. So that's either somebody that she owed money to, that was PO'd that didn't get it. Right. Or somebody that, that you knew in a, a different type of relationship that got PO'd because of whatever reason. So, you know, there, there were a lot of unusual things about that. And like I said, that was a short report. That was like a page in a... Uh, an eight. I mean, a normal a normal uh, report is probably three, four, five pages long. Mike, what did you think about the uh, the toxicology report? The amount of cocaine in that system was that enough to kill her? Or a normal person, it could have killed her. Killed okay. her. However, because she had an addiction problem for such a long time, her body was used to larger amounts of illicit drugs. So it may not have impaired her like it would a normal person, but then again, we go back to if if it was a drug overdose, most people are, are have a drug overdose will throw up, but yet there's no vomit in her esophagus or in the car. This is like there's no blood in the car. So the injuries couldn't have happened in the car. I mean, and I'm I'm going if the me. Accurate, accurately reported it. I mean, I don't see why, you know, if there was a pool of blood in the car, I mean, under normal circumstances, you put their, you know, pool of blood in the car, vomit in the car, urine in the car, but there was so, none of that. So that couldn't right. happen in the car. That's, the, that's, that, that's an issue I'm having with that. The car seems like it was a, a where, where they put the body. So, 
And we, we don't have a, like I said, we don't have a police report. Now, how hard will it be to get a police report from them? Well, that depends. Depends on, depends on the police department. I mean, some, you know, see, there's two types of reports I think we're dealing with here. One is an initial report. That's the cop that goes to the scene, you know, okay, this is what I found. And it should have, you know, was there blood in the car, any of this, anybody he spoke to. Okay. That report would be filed. A copy of that would go to the detective bureau. That would be, a, I mean, they would hold that file, but they would, they would put enough, they would do an additional case jacket for that. So you actually have two different files. Now, the first one you should be able to get because they don't have any suspects and nobody's being charged, so there's no adjudication going on. You should be able to get that file. And that file should kind of give you a, an idea of, you know, what, what the what the scene was like when they got, how, you know, what, how did how did the police find out about this? Who informed them? You know, what, what, what did the crime scene around the car look like, if there was a crime scene? You know, th these are things that are important things that, I mean, that you should know, as a family member, you should know. They've been pretty quiet about everything. Well, the only thing they said that they found was a crack pipe. Yeah, but you, you know what? People, people with drug addiction have it. You know, they're going to have that on them anyway. But yeah. That doesn't, ex that doesn't explain the cut in her forehead and the, 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 right. the snap cervical. Yeah, see, um, they know about that. Well, you see, and I, I personally, if I was just, I would have a big issue with that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mike Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode seven, the Amber June Lazenby autopsy. As of this point, there has been no determination or further up investigation by the police department or the medical examiner, which I think is totally incorrect. It should have gone somewhere, but as of this time, I don't think it did. Uh, <clears throat> just remember, as we always end this, when you're walking through a dark parking lot, a dark trail in the woods, a dark alleyway, or a dark street, you never know who's behind you, so watch out.